Hello, everybody, and welcome. Episode one of the Boundary AFLW podcast. My name is Nick Negropontis, and joining me, AFLW rising star, VFLW premiership player, and accomplished all of this before legally being allowed to drink in the United States, C. Malloy. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Get those I cannot- headphones on. We need to get a title for you. We can't be pumping me up. We need to pump you up as well. Um, I'll find something. Jeez, okay? title for me. Um, <laughs> I can't say your last name though. No, that's okay. No one really can. Nick Pont. Um, I went through primary school without a single teacher getting it right. Like six different teachers, all of them got so it wrong. So you were the kid with the annoying last name. For sure. Yeah, that was you. Um, but it worked because there were six Nicks in one of my year five classes. How did that go down? Um, I That's why I became NIC. I dropped the K because I needed to be different from the other Nicks. <laughs> So your parents didn't name you NIC, no. you named yourself NIC. I came to the realization that there's no K in Nicholas, so why should there be a K in Nick? Well, that's very philosophical of you. It that is. It makes sense though. There's a lot of common sense to that. Yep. Um, and this is exactly what you can expect from this AFLW specific <laughs> podcast. A lot of tangents and a lot of discussion about things that have really nothing to do with anything. But that is what we are going to try and bring you here on the, the Boundary AFLW podcast. Our plan is to produce weekly or fortnightly, we haven't quite decided yet, podcasts that you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure you subscribe, give us a nice rating, give us some five stars, follow us on Twitter. I'm uh, at Nick Negropontis. I am at Chloe Malloy. Nice and easy there, just our names. It's good to... simple. Like, I know I was able to get my Twitter handle name because it's no one else has my name, but you getting at Chloe Malloy is, is handy. Yeah, I think it's at C C H L O E M O double L, maybe even a triple L. Oh, so you weren't actually able to get. Yeah, not Chloe Malloy. Uh, Someone else had taken that from me. Yeah, see, that's the good thing about having the weird name is you get your <laughs> you get your Twitter. If we bring all your the, handles, yeah. no one has your handles. Correct. Although, does Instagram allow you to have your whole name? No, it's too long. Yeah, I so, so I thought so. <laughs> that's the problem with that. Anyway, so what you can expect from this podcast is that, but also. Some good, strong AFLW discussions. And considering it is still December, there isn't, there's not a lot to discuss, but we're going to make do. We'll make do. It's, it's difficult because everything started a bit later this season. So we've only actually had three weeks of preseason, but I'm sure between the two of us, we could have a show talking about those three weeks. If anyone could do it, it's us. Absolutely. We can absolutely fill it. But we've got a few plans for today. So we're going to start off how we're going to start off every podcast, which is some rapid fire questions. Oh, no. I've prepared questions for you. You've prepared questions for me. Neither of us have seen these questions. So this could either go really well, really poorly, or, you know, somewhere in between. <laughs> we will judge that every every week. After that, we're going to have regular guests on this show. We're going to bring out the cool people to talk AFLW, um, not necessarily... The names you've heard a hundred times, but we're going to try and bring you a different insight into AFLW and that side of things. Today, though, we're just going to throw Chloe in the guest chair. We're going to throw her right under the bus, <laughs> get you nice and familiar with um, your, your 20, 2017 Rising Star or 2018? My, my... 2018, I think. The season's run weirdly. Yeah. It was 2018. Yeah, because we'll it's the start of the year. Yeah, 2018. We'll go with 2018, Pond. Yes, 2018 is correct. <laughs> okay. I will allow you... To ask the first question. So I'm up first. Okay. Open the batting. All right. With with the recent injury to Chelsea Randall, are the Adelaide Crows still final contenders? Yes. I still think they're the best team, even though Chelsea was probably their most important player behind Aaron. They were better than every team by 50 points last year. 
Uh, I, can't, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but they were number one for points for and number one for points allowed. It, it, by that, I mean they allowed the fewest amount of points. So they were the best attacking team, the best defensive team, and they only were beaten by the Bulldogs in round one and then the Pies, who got got their first win <laughs> in the final round, where the Crows really didn't need to secure a win because they were already locked in the finals. It seems like Aaron's going to play from um, little tidbits and things like that. And if she plays, then that's really all that matters. She played on one leg two years ago and, and booted, still, booted four in a game. And, and still was the best player in the competition. Pretty much. <laughs> so I back them. They have complete monopoly over South Australian talents. They sh- they'll, they'll be fine. Yep. All right. Good, good answer, Pon. Oh, well, we're off to a flying we start. Are. I'm going right. to stick with the Adelaide theme. Hit me. Should Adelaide have been allowed to sign Courtney Gum? To, for, for context for anyone who doesn't know, Courtney Gum, GWS uh, midfielder, won the MVP award in twenty eight. PA MVP award, Again, yep. years are weird, but 2018 wasn't, yeah. wasn't last season. It was the season before last. And also came runners-up to Emma Carney in 2018. Yeah. League best and fairest. Yeah, the, the league best and fairest that makes that the voting is broken. But anyway, that's, a, that's for <laughs> another podcast. Yeah, so she announced her retirement at the end of last season. Um, and now has f- has come back and found a way onto Adelaide's list. I think it is gone under the radar. Very. I find it so bizarre because Courtney Gum's got a little little boy with her partner, um, and I'm pretty sure she's from, you know, the Sydney that that area. It's just bizarre that she's retired, um, and then has gone across to Adelaide, who are already such a strong dominant team. Probably doesn't sit overly well with me, but I don't have any say in what happens with the trades. But I think it's, for a better term, odd. Very odd and has gone right under the radar and no one's really taken notice about it because the CBA kind of took up all the the media headlines. So It definitely flew right under the radar. Um, It is bizarre. I would say it's like Richmond signing Tom Lynch out of nowhere, but at least that was part of sort of normal proceedings. But he didn't retire. Free agency. No, correct. <laughs> it would be like, um, what's a good example? If Dane Swan retired from Collingwood and signed with like West Coast the next year yes, out of nowhere. Eyebrows raised, but what, with this, uh, she's retired. We've all said congratulations. I sent congratulations to her. And then the old neck minute, <laughs> she's, neck minute. She's joined the team that just crushed everyone last didn't year. Didn't need anyone or any superstars to join it. But So it's very interesting though. That's one to watch. One we'll be keeping an eye on throughout the season. Yes, well, I will be, definitely. And my question for you now, speaking of the season, will the conference system work this year? Oh, I've got the same question for you, but I'm, I'm happy to answer Ooh, that. Okay. I'm happy to answer that. Great minds think alike. It won't. It won't. Because it never will. Because, Bang. And that's not to say, that's not because of the way they've structured the conference. That's because conference systems don't work, period. The, it doesn't work in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work in the NFL. So why would it work in AFL women's competition? I'm going to rebut that and say, I reckon it's a different product. Yep. So I think it, it possibly is the way the AFLW has to go. If they could get a conference system where we play everyone, yep. then my answer to that question would be yes, because you get to play everyone. But right now, it's probably bordering on possibly more like sitting on the fence, because I'm not sure. It might, it might not. Um, it's only been one year of the conference system, so there's not much... Well, it was a complete debacle last year. Yeah, it I'm was. expecting it to be a lot better this year because they, I don't, that doesn't look like they've put any additional thought into the way they've broken up the teams, but the way they've broken up the uh, expansion teams seemingly makes a bit more sense. Well, actually, I can inform you on this is that they've actually had 
um, I think it was three, don't quote me on the numbers, but they've had experts come in and rate players and then get an overall rating of the team. Really? Yes. Interesting. Which was actually really good to, to be informed because I assumed it was just the whole first, second, third, fourth, and that's how they split the conferences. Although they've snaked it this year. Yeah. Um, and Nicole Livingston has gone around to the clubs and um, have made them aware of how they've put the conferences together. So they've snaked the conferences and gone through it um, and also informed us that the teams actually have been rated and Collingwood biased. We're actually been rated quite highly up there. That's interesting. So I'd love to see that data. There's a lot of, there actually is more time and effort gone into trying to get this conference system right. Good. So in saying that, I've actually just convinced myself that, yeah, it will work. Good. I think you've almost convinced me that it will work, but I want to see it myself first. Yeah. See it to believe it. That data is really interesting. I would mm. I would pay to see that data. Just It's basically like um, like if you were launching an AFL game and you just had like player ratings, overall team ratings. It'd just be, be that. You could almost do it yourself. Then. Yeah, you could. But yeah, that's really interesting. Okay. I don't know if I can get my hands on that data, although I was cheeky and did ask Nicole Livingston. What your rating was? was? And she... Could not tell me that. Oh. <laughs> okay. Here's an interesting one, I think. Who will be the leading goal kicker in 2020? It's been a very interesting award, I think. Brooke Lachlan won it sort of out of nowhere. Yeah. Kicks seven goals in one game. Against And then Carl. wins it. Yeah. Okay, in the pride match. And uh, wins, takes it out. Vessio won it comfortably in the first year. It's completely escaped my mind who won it uh, this year. But, um, well, this year being 2019, it's so strange. I can't wait for it to be 2020. 2020. Where it makes more sense. We won it this year, actually. Let's go count the time down. Well, we can't look it up because the AFL website has removed all women's stats from the website and the app doesn't have it either. You're kidding. All I did gone. not know that. All gone. So unless you know it off the top of your head, sorry. Trying to Who do some research for the go? podcast and nope, can't because the <laughs> AFL website has decided to take all the stats off. Anyway, my real question was who will be the first AFLW player to kick 20 goals in a season? Oh, that is so hard. I think it'll be, I can't put a name on it, but I think it's going to be a small forward, not a key forward, just because I think the game's at a point where there isn't uh, a lot of clean delivery into the forward line. It's a game of territory, get it in there. So I think it's a game for the small forwards um, to get the crumbs off those, you know, those taller, taller forwards. So... I'm going to say it'll be a small forward that will take out the goal kicking like Brooke Lachlan did. Yeah. Was well, Brooke Lachlan this year? Um, no, still with the Bulldogs. I'm pretty sure. But with um, Vessio and Lachlan, they basically played as small full forwards. Yeah. I think that's a good trend to sort of watch is that the success of small full forwards at clubs rather than the big key position players. Well, which is why I worry for Richmond a little bit, because they've got Sabs and KB. Funny you should say that. Oh. How do the Tigers balance Katie Brennan and Sabrina Frederick in the same forward line? Yes. Well, I think it's funny, the resemblance of the men's team with Lynch. Yeah, correct. um, Lynch and Rewalt, and everyone was like, well, you know, how are they going to go playing with each other? Um, I think they'll figure it out pretty quickly. Um, It's just a case of... The more time they spend together figuring each other out, building that connection is just there's something they've got to, I guess, get right pretty quickly because mm. we're not fortunate in that the boys, you know, the first couple of rounds with um, Lynch and Rewalt, you can see they kind of weren't really playing off each other, didn't really know the yep. movement patterns um, of one another. But 
look where that ended up getting them. So. And also, I think the men's comp has so much, as you said, with the clean ball use going inside 50 and that sort of use of space, I think, is a lot better. And so the two key forwards can coexist more. I don't think we've really seen two key forwards work since Brisbane's first season with Frederick and, and Taylor Harris. And even then, they weren't necessarily goal kickers as much as they were marking players who could Just, bring the ball to get ground and help the territory yeah. battle. Representation down the line, it was for them. Like I'd probably, I'd just said the games for small forwards. So I do worry about how that's going to go. But then again, KB played a lot of midfield time yep. in the VFLW. So I don't think there'll be many times that we see Sabs and KB in the forward line together. Um, but you never know, this year could be the year of two tall forwards. For sure. Richmond's list build is really interesting. They have really built through their forward line. Christina Bernardi in there as well. That's That's three... Well, I know Bernardi's more of a high half forward, and she was really good in that last little stretch with Collingwood a couple of seasons ago when, with uh, with you and and, um, and them. But will 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 this will this gel? I'd be really interested to see how the Tigers build, especially from their backline and midfield, considering they're so forward focused. Yeah, well, I'm just gonna get the the ball there to the forward line first. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see Sabs and KB play. They are both very strong personalities as well. Mm-hmm. So. But I think they're both mature enough um, to figure each other out. And, yeah, speaking to KB, I think she just wants success. And so, yeah, it, she, she's a team-first mentality kind yep. of player. So she'll play her role, um, and I'm sure Sabs will do the same. My next question for you, Pont. Yes. So you've banged on that you've predicted every Rising Star correct for the past oh, no. three seasons. Correct, I have. And that's, a, that's just a fact. <laughs> Hey, there you go. We can add that to your title. There we go. That, that's your title. I'm adding that. I'm going to write that down. Cool. So you can probably predict the next part of this sentence. Yep. Who will win it this year? Lucy McAvoy. Lucy McAvoy. I'm just writing this down. Write folks, it down. Just so. Write it down, folks. McAvoy. I don't even know how to spell that. Mac. Yes, I do. It's like. I'm just kidding. It's like Ben. McAvoy. Yeah. Got nailed it. it. I think she's going to win it through opportunity. I mean, obviously, the Bulldogs and all the other top picks will. I mean, we've seen it with AFLW, high draft picks come in immediately and are given the keys. Carlton did it with Presparkis last year. She was immediately their second most important player. Like without, it wasn't even close. Nice one. <laughs> you nearly dropped a, She nearly dropped an open water bottle onto a bunch of laptops. That would have not been good. If you're just keeping track at home. Anyway, McAvoy is probably going to step straight into an important midfield role. I spoke to her at the draft and part of Carlton's reasoning for, dra- for picking her up was they saw her immediately as someone who could help fill Bree Davies' shoes. And if you're going to give someone that talented, that level of opportunity immediately, I think she can step right in and uh, and, and win it in the same way that your good self did. <laughs> Presparkus won it through the midfield just through being incredibly awesome and also having the opportunity. Ebony Marinoff in the first year was just – you could see her winning it a mile away because she laid – I literally think she laid 100 more tackles than anyone else across the first two seasons. She's a tackling machine. It's insane how many tackles she laid compared to everyone else. And so she seemed like she was always going to win it in that first year. But, yeah, I, I, I would say Lucy McAvoy. I haven't seen enough of the draftees to really know. I was a huge Gabby Newton fan as well. I was, yes, I remember you telling me about I, that. I was, That's I, why I was interested to see who you'd say. And I mean, you went your Carlton biased way, so I wasn't surprised. I mean, full disclosure, there's going to be a huge... Uh, Elephant in, the, in this room between the Carlton and Collingwood uh, Always. sides. Always. I've got my Carlton keychain literally right here. She would be, fun fact for you. Yes. Probably not important at all. If Lucy McAvoy wins the Rising Star, she'd be the first player 
to don a odd number jersey to win it. Marinoff wears an even number, Press Parker's even, and myself, even number. There you go. There you go. A useless you, fact you for are, your day. You're bringing things to the table that I could <laughs> not have even expected. Anyway, next question. You're back at training now. Who has impressed you most on the track for the pies so far? Who come, who's come back in, in ripping Nick? Ripping Nick. Ripping Nick. That's a good one. I probably have said her name a few times. Yes. But Shani Layton is a ripper. I think she will come back. Well, she has come back in fine form. Her, she just has a mindset that she just wants to learn and take everything in. Um, and the VFRW season, you could see that. And I know I've said it before, but I do rate Shani really, really highly. She, she was really impressive in the VFL season. Beyond it. I, I was, as a teammate, I just couldn't believe how someone can develop so quickly. Um, and she's actually doing just a, another inside information. She's yes. doing a PT course Interesting. as well. So she was already ripped and yeah. toned and, and had a, you know, a physique of strong physique. And now she's doing a PT course and it's just like, I didn't realize your body could get <laughs> any more toner, but it is. And she's a lot stronger and yeah, you can see it on the track. Like the other day, I think I handled it to her through the middle and she went for a run and like had a shot of goal. It missed, but yep. she wouldn't have done that last season. Um, so her confidence is really boosting. So The door is open for her to be the number one ruck at the club, isn't it? Uh, I, I, she would definitely be pushing Lizzie for it. Um, it'd be a good battle between those two. We've actually got, we have a specialist Wednesday. So Wednesdays where we focus on um, probably just finessing your skills. We have Brody Grundy. Um, so we're going to, you know, Take a leaf out of his book. Well, not me personally, because I'm not a ruck. Um, but Lizzie and Shan's. Um, I'm sure he... you two can exchange hair tips. <laughs> Got the same hair, basically. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Pont. I am. I, I'm glad you compared me to Brody Grundy, actually. <laughs> um, so he's going to come down and help the girls um, with some ruck stuff, which I think is amazing that we are utilising the players and that even the boys are putting their hand up and taking time out of their schedules to come help us. So, got Jordan Ruffhead and Lyndon Dunn. Also on Wednesdays joining us, so yeah, put Brody Grundy's mind into Shani, and I think you have an elite AFW ruck. That is really cool. Yeah, that is very, really cool. Very cool. Okay, your question. My question to you: Which team? It's very basic, yes. but there is more teams this season. Are you most excited to watch? And you cannot say Carlton. That's fair enough. I wouldn't have said them anyway. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I'm quite interested to see how – we've talked about Richmond, and I'm curious to see how they look. I really want to see what St. Kilda looks like. Uh, uh, of the four expansion teams, they're clearly the most interesting in my, my eyes. They don't really have any, I guess you could say, big household names, no, do they? No, they've built, they've built their list the way Geelong did. Yep. And that's building through their VFLW team and then putting some X Factor around the outside, McCarthy, Exxon, these types – I don't know if they. I don't think they have the upper echelon talent to to win it. We've we've spoken off air about the whole need five superstars to win it, and we can go into more depth on that in a later podcast. Yeah, I don't think they have that level of talent to win it or be competitive in terms of the upper echelon. But I really want to see what these Victorian expansion teams look like, comparing them to to North Melbourne and Geelong, because they've had a year to to learn. They've had a year to see what works and what doesn't. We saw North Melbourne just going all in on stars. Clearly, that was effective, but will it be effective long-term? Will you lose these stars? Geelong have sort of 
decide to go this sustainable, long-term approach? Will that be effective? We'll find out. St Kilda and Richmond have gone with opposite ideas in the same way that Geelong and North did. So I'm really curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, it's almost a team of players that you just emphasize, you know, know your role, play your role. Well, um, Peter Searle is the perfect person to be teaching that. And if you've got 22 players on the field playing their role, then, you, you know, if it, it just comes down to talent and one team being better on the day. But, yeah, they, they are. I think you could consider them underdogs, um, but I am also wasn't a question for me. But they are one of the teams that I'm um, looking forward to playing against and watching as well. Well, I've got one left, so feel free to go with your one because oh. I've got one left and I want to save it to the end. Well, I've got one left and I want to save it to the end. Well, then I'll go with mine now then. No, I'll go with mine now. Fine. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a little tantrum. Um, Expect you'll, many. You'll love this one. Yes. And I know you have because you were one to tweet about it. I tweet Nick about Pont is very, very active on Twitter, yes. by the way, so give him a follow. You can thank me later for that. No worries. So Jeff Kennett has come out about so Hawthorne. He is adamant his club deserves AFRW representation. He said they were discriminated against. Bang. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I I, I shouldn't have cut you off. That's (laughs) my bad. No, I know you are very passionate about this topic because Um, I'm pretty sure Hawthorne for the past, was it two years, put in a bid? Well, sorry, didn't put in a bid. Well, in in 2016, they said they weren't ready. They wanted to build through grassroots. Fair enough. In 2018, Jeff Kennan said, uh, we don't want a team because we're worried about the, the level of injuries. He said that on SEN's uh, Waitley. I wrote the article at the time, so I remembered it, and when I wrote the article today talking about this, I brought that up. My problem with this isn't Hawthorne, though. I'll, I'll state that now. My problem isn't Jeff Kennan wanting an AFLW team. It's great that he wants an AFLW team. My problem is that we already have 14 teams, and that's too many by four. Um, and the Victorian market, there's already eight teams. That's too many by two. It's, and North Melbourne is a, is a Victorian team. They're not a Tasmanian team as much as they'd like to, to say that they are. Um, that's just my take. Um, I don't think the Victorian talent pool can sustain eight teams as it is. I'm sure in 20, 30 years it will be fine. But they're already, it's already pushed to its breaking point. And if teams like Essendon and Hawthorne push their way into this competition too early, it'll have a serious detrimental effect on the level of competition. I thought last year the expansion worked beautifully. Geelong and North came in and the the quality of the competition still went up. I don't know whether it went up by as much as it could have if it was still eight teams. You look at the WBBL on the the level that it jumped across years two, three, and four, and now it's year five and it's an absolute household product that can survive on its own. The AFLW have gone with the completely opposite approach in we want more teams rather than consolidation. I don't know whether that's going to work. It'll be something that I'm really passionate about and was really frustrated with when they said they were introducing six new teams. Um, all those years ago. Um, so this whole Hawthorne, we've been discriminated against. No, you said no initially. And now there's too many teams as it is. So sorry, you're going to have to wait your turn. That's, that's just my take. Yeah. Well, the timing is a bit off. Like you said, you know, we just introduced four new teams. There's not really the capacity to have other teams. So you're right. You're not being discriminated against. It's just, you didn't put your bid in early. No, it's just reality. So now it's just. You know, you're waiting in line, just got to wait till, I guess, what's the thing that's normally the barrier until that's down and they can come in and then, then put a bid in for a team. Yeah. And then, yeah, just a case of wait your turn. Absolutely. Okay. Last question. Hit me. How are you going to feel following round two knowing Collingwood has still never beaten Carlton after ruthlessly po- poaching their captain? 
if you all could see my face right <laughs> now, I wish you could see my face. Hold on. It's a good photo. That'll go up on, on Twitter. I'd, what was the question again? Because I just... Um, Considering, I, I struggle to um sorry, to rubbish uh, uh, through my, my headset. It so just doesn't... It's crackling up. Sorry, basically, you, you stole Brie Davy from us out of nowhere for no reason, just to be rude. Have never beaten Carlton. How are you going to feel knowing that you're going to come to Icon Park again and get beaten despite taking our best player? Uh, Shall we move on? <laughs> well, Pont, I will ask you that question after round two. We're going to need some kind of round two based bet. If you can come up with one. Oh, yeah. Round two has to be massive. Yeah. Has to be massive. Um, we're going to going to have to work out some kind of punishment bet, well, I think. Yeah, well, you're going to be the one that cops it because... We'll find out. I'm usually on the receiving end of this stuff, so... Well, so we'll find out. Hot pause. Yeah, if you have any ideas of punishment ideas for the two of us, for the loser of the Collingwood Carlton game, please, please uh, send them through to, to Chloe or I on Twitter. So or, pretty much just a loser for, for Carlton. Thanks, guys. That's rude. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to move into our sort of main segment of the show where usually this is where we'll bring a guest in to sort of talk through, you know, whatever whatever is interesting with that guest. We're going to do some predictions shows later in the year, but we figured we've, we've got the rising star here. We've got VFLW Premiership player. We might as well use you as a guest first so people get now, to know you. I am now a guest. She has swiveled over into the, <laughs> the guest chair. So I've just I just want to just talk generally about... Because to me, Collingwood has been almost the most interesting club of the first three seasons, just from an experimental point of view. Like, you've almost gotten a completely different list than... I know you went there in the first year, but from the first year to now, it's a completely different list by five players, six mm. players. You've got a new coach, new philosophy. Can you feel that? Is it Does it feel different around the place to your first year? It definitely feels different. Um, and I think that was just going to happen with a new coach coming in, bringing in... I guess his ways and us being open-minded to it um, as, you know, the first three seasons that Collingwood went through were underwhelming, um, I guess you could say. So as a, as a playing group, we were open-minded to what he was going to bring in and we just had to trust that. So it definitely does feel different because there's a, just a different philosophy at the club now. Um, it is a different team led by a different coach. Um, so there's someone else at the helm now. There's two new assistant coaches the S&C um, side of things is all brand new as well. So, yeah, it definitely feels a lot different. Um, it probably feels like it's a step up from the past, uh, I guess, season. I'm going to say season because I missed the season with my foot, the season that I had. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely taken a massive step forward in terms of being an elite program. Um, and that's something we aim to be is an elite program at Collingwood. But when you've had three underwhelming seasons – you kind of need someone to come in and, I guess, really stamp authority in a way that's respectful to the players because there are players that have been there and worn the jumper and gone through everything and obviously change is makes does make people uncomfortable, makes you a bit anxious. And I know I felt a little bit anxious with the new coach because I really got along well with Wayne, but I've had to, you know, be open to change, although it was very uncomfortable, but I think it's changed for the better. It's it's a strange situation, isn't it? Like you you basically uprooted an entire club with the coaching change and the player overhaul, and obviously Bree comes in, and all of a sudden, I feel like this time last year the vibe around Collingwood was you've lost everyone to North Melbourne, 
You've lost other players have gone elsewhere. You were injured. Basically, like eight of ten of your best and fairest from the previous year weren't available. It must have must have been a sucky vibe around the place at the time. Yeah, it really did suck. And um, when you you know strip it back and you go, we had two of our top ten best and fairest players who, in respect, you know, weren't very high up in that top ten. Yeah, available. It just and that's you know. Well, 22 play. You could do There's, that. Any team in the AFLW competition, you take eight of 24 out and eight of the top 10, you're, you're screwed. It's, yeah, so it's simple as that. It Yeah, it did really suck. Um, but in a way, I kind of took it like, well, if you don't want to be here, just don't be here then. Um, yeah. If, you know, they wanted to trade out of Collingwood, um, so I couldn't care less if they won our best and fairest, if they were top three, if they were the best goal kicker, if they were the best runner. If you don't want to be at my club, I only say my club because I'm pretty protective of Collingwood. If you don't want to be at my club, then, you know, well, here's the door and, you know, you can go latch onto other opportunities um, elsewhere. So, yeah, it did suck and it was harsh, but um, I guess just makes makes for a good comeback story for the Pies. Speaking of, I mean, 12 months later, you've got a VFLW premiership under your belt. You've got easily, the I would say, a top three player in the competition who's walked into the club. Another year of development into into young players, I'm guessing the vibe is different this year. Yeah, very, very much different. And Bree brings a lot um, leadership-wise. She's she's young as well, and we do have a very young list. Um, so she's easy to relate to for a lot of us, um, even in saying that we all, we all have a mutual respect for each other. And Bree hasn't come in thinking she's the top dog. She's come in and she's been humble and modest about it. And that's probably one of the best things about her is she just is a humble player and humble person. But in saying that, you know, a lot of girls have come out of their shell more. Shani's come out of her shell more. Yeah, it, it is. It's a much, it feels like a more successful culture that we've got now. Even not losing anyone to any expansion clubs was massive for us. And that's a big, big tick for us, for a team that once again underperformed but we still managed to keep the group together yep. and play. And we were rewarded a VFRW premiership, but we want it to be an AFRW premiership. And I think with the team that we've got now and, and being able to hold this group together and further develop that, that winning culture um, and that cult, that family vibe, you know, we're a year ahead of everyone because we were able to keep our list together. Yeah. I mean, speak about of the VFRW comp, it seemed like, almost maybe not because of the poor season, but because of the changes and the way things were, you guys almost took the VFLW comp a bit more seriously than the other Victorian teams and you went at it with a bit more hunger and a few more senior players playing more often? Well, I think there's no harm. We only play a handful of games in the AFLW. So um, although restricted by a point system, I couldn't see why if I was fit that I wasn't going to play because – you know, there's no harm in playing more footy. Yeah. Um, if you're bound to get injured, then you're going to get injured no matter what. So I'm glad that Collingwood as a club decided that each week we're going to play as many players, AFRW players, listed players that we can. Yeah. Because more footy doesn't hurt, but not for us. And you did. You won the you won the flag. It was I was there on the boundary. So somehow found my way squirm next to the, the VFLW radio callers. You win. Of course you're there. Of course you managed to squeeze your way Squeeze in. my way onto the boundary. <laughs> Next to Paul, and um, we're waiting for you to come around and do a post-game interview. 
I missed you, didn't I? You completely, I, yeah. completely waved your hands. I'm the snob. Us. What a snob! But that's okay because we went over and got Eddie Maguire, and he was happy to come and talk to us for five minutes, and it was great. I would take Eddie over me any day. Um, and shout out to Eddie. He didn't have to give us five minutes of his time. He didn't have to thank the VFLW radio team, which I wasn't a part of. I was just a hanger on. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to speak so glowingly about the team the day after his men's team had been knocked out of the AFL comp yeah. in heartbreaking fashion. But he was there. He gave us time. So that's a, just a little shout out to him. Shout out to Maguire. Lock um, it in, Eddie. So what we, can we expect from the Pies this year? You, uh, I found a really interesting stat. Collingwood is yet to win a game in the first three rounds of the season. It's probably not what you want when you're when you're starting a year. It's not, and it's always come back to bite us a slow start. And to be honest, punk, we're not oblivious to the fact that we have slow starts. So even little things at training, um, Steve is trying to emphasise to us just in in our prep work. He's like, girls, it, it, prep work is like the start. Of this like this is us preparing for a game. If it's a slow start, then we're going to start the game slow. So he's, he he said it to us the other night. Actually, he goes, he I don't think he actually knew himself. We've lost, always lost round one. Yep. Um. Yeah. So I guess you could say we're known for slow starts, but I mean, we just I don't think we would stand for that this year. Yep. Um. And I feel bad for West Coast in in all due respect to them, but I just can't see us settling for another round one loss. We're just. Are you playing them here or over there? Uh here. Yeah. I'm playing them here. There's just it, it just won't happen. I just don't think we have a culture that will um, settle for another round one loss. Um, Steve won't settle for it, and he's really, you know, he's enforced that in us and ingrained that in us throughout this whole um, preseason. And I'm sure it'll come as we train for the season. And even the girls, we're just hungry for success and tasting that success in the VFRW. Um, although it was only, a, you know, a small snippet of it and winning a premiership was amazing and really awesome to be a part of. But a lot of us want that in an AFRW sense. So, yeah, I just don't think a round one loss or a round two loss is something that will happen <laughs> for the Pies. And I say that pretty confidently because in myself, I won't I, I won't allow it to happen. I don't want it to happen. So the Pies, we're just hungry for success and we won't settle for anything less than that. And in saying that, you know, if we do suffer a round one loss, then it'd probably just motivate us even more for the whole season because, yeah, Collingwood and slow starts aren't two things that are going to be associated anymore. If there are any West Coast players listening, feel free to, to tweet us and, and let us let us in on um, your, your thoughts on that. I am um, very Collingwood biased. No, that's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs> and I think every Collingwood fan listening is, is up and about after hearing that. Yes, get pumped. There's not really much more we can, we can talk about at this stage. We're going to have frequent podcasts next year obviously we're not going to be doing a christmas podcast or a new year's podcast because there won't be much happening you guys will be at what off, off training christmas break new year's so to let you in like i guess from a player's perspective so we've had it's been quite a shorter preseason actually um well it feels quite shorter we feel like we have to cram a lot of things in um like even my memories on social media popped up and we'd already had our preseason camp um but we're yet to have that i know a few clubs have done it but yeah, it feels like it's it's really crammed, um, which probably might not be a bad thing. Um, so we'll, we will finish up and um, have a two week break across Christmas and New Year's, and we'll come back um, probably the first the first Wednesday of the new year and straight back into it. And I know some people might be like, well, well, you know, it's New Year's, let the girls have a break. 
but that's just um, with the where the season is and where it falls in the calendar. Yeah. Um, that's just another sacrifice that we, I guess, give up. But we'll get a program across the the two weeks that we have off. Um, I'm pretty sure for our girls, we we all meet up um, locally. You know, because um, ultimately your teammates are your your best mates as well. And we do the sessions together. Um, I haven't done a single running session by myself, which I think is awesome. Nice. Um, because I actually hate running. I actually despise running. Sounds funny, but I would happily run 10 kilometers after a footy. But tell me to run 10 kilometers straight and you couldn't pay me enough. <laughs> um, so we'll get a two-week break and then we'll come straight back into pre, in, in, not pre-season. Gosh, pre-season is just ingrained in my head. It's torturing me. <laughs> um, and we'll come back into season training. So I'm pretty pumped. That's awesome. Um, that's something I've always been curious about is because you play over summer, that Christmas, like, can you enjoy like the Christmas break as much as like the men's can? Because they can just put their feet up and say, hey, I can run for four months after this before the season starts. You guys are right into it. Yeah, I think you can put your feet up. Um, and I actually, I, I always say to myself, um, I'm smart, like I'm smart and responsible. And part of our contract is, you know, you can't, it's something to do with extreme sports. Only two Christmas dinners. <laughs> no dessert. Um, but, you know, you have to live footy. Footy isn't everything. Um, you, you've got to live and, you know, if you just got to stay responsible. Riding yourself off probably isn't the best thing to do. And that two-week break, you know, I think someone posted in, in our Facebook group the other day, two months to round one and... It's like, oh my God, wow, that's, that's so crazy. close. Um, so I think if you just, you just got to be smart about it. Um, if anything, if you decide to have, you know, a big booze up over Christmas, you're probably just going to shoot yourself in the foot. Not to say that you, you can't do it because um, I'm all for, you know, you do what, um, you know, your body, you know yourself well. But for me, I probably won't be doing any of that um, because I'm just so focused on footy and that's just a sacrifice that us AFRW players Choose, yep. Choose to do because it ultimately is a choice. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we come back. I know we get tested when we come back, so it's just the onus is on us. And um, our contract has limitations in terms of, you know, I'm not going to go out wakeboarding or jet skiing. <laughs> but I, I don't see, I don't kick up too much of a fuss about it, and I don't, I don't really, really care um, because. I just love footy, so I just want to play. It doesn't matter when it falls in the calendar. As long as you still enjoy your 21st, because speaking <laughs> from experience, I didn't enjoy my 21st as much as I probably should have at the time. So and make sure, because you've just turned 21, then you've got Christmas after that. So this might be a, this might be your, your toughest challenge. This is Pont giving me life, life lessons, <laughs> life advice. I'm, I'm old now. I'm mid-20s. You're old. You're an old man. I'm old. Um, I consider myself old. I'm yep. old now. Well, you're old enough to drink in, in certain America. parts. Yeah. Woohoo! But I can't have my green peas off yet, which I was spewing. <laughs> but that's okay. The life of a 21-year-old. You hear all about it on this podcast. Yes. This is the podcast where we will be talking about how it is to be an early 20s person. And that's about it, really. And also, occasionally, some AFLW discussions. Oh, yeah. The AFLW, yeah. That's what we're in. Mm. I totally forgot for a second. I was like, what are we talking about? Life or footy? Footy's. Well, footy is life. <laughs> Quote Nick Pont, footy is life. <laughs> well, that that about sums it up. And I think that's where we can leave it for our inaugural. I haven't had to use the word inaugural since the bloody first AFLW comp <laughs> where I could not spell the word inaugural and had to get it wrong every time. Three, two, one, spell it. I-N-A-U-G-U-R-A. I, I, I'm not even <laughs> close. I'm not even close. I write for a living. Um, anyway, that's probably a good place to leave it. 
Um, our first show, we've broken down Collingwood. We've already had three fights. Two? Yeah, we're going to have to Two keep a tally, I think. Yeah, we, if it gets physical, I'm in trouble. I'm in a lot of trouble. I've got a stapler here. I've got a pen. Well, I have a uh, bottle opener pen. Yeah. I have an open bottle of water. Yep. Anyway, Not much else. I'm, I will make sure it doesn't come to that because <laughs> I will be in serious trouble. Um, but thank you very much for listening. If you could please go to um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to the Boundary AFLW podcast. You can find us there. You can find us in the 1116 SEN uh, pages of those podcasts as well. Make sure you follow Chloe on Twitter. Da, 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 C-H-L-O-E-M-O-Triple-L-O-Y. That sounded like an ad, you know. Yeah. One, three, double, oh, six, triple, five, oh, you... six. Oh, I know that, but which one is that? Roof, oh. roof, that one. Okay, yep, good. Um, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at, at Nick Negropontis. It's just my name. Good luck spelling that last name. Good luck. I, I'm pretty sure I'm the only at Nick Negropontis, so... <laughs> Just get the nickname in and you'll be okay. Um, follow 1116SEN on Twitter. Um, and thank you very much for tuning in. Chloe, thank you for being here. Have a great Christmas break. Have yes. a great birthday break. Have a great New Year's break. And we will talk to you next year.